You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 2. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suited to him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each living creature was then its name. The man gave names to all the tame animals, all the birds of the air, and all the wild animals, but none proved to be a helper suited to the man. So the Lord God cast a deep sleep on the man, and while he was asleep, he took out one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. The Lord God then built the rib that he had taken from the man into a woman. When he had brought her to the man, the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one has been taken. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two of them become one body. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to this special episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast, focusing on the mystery of marriage, the sacrament of marriage, especially taking from this book of Genesis, this passage from chapter 2, and Pope St. John Paul II's reflections on this passage, just a brief fragment of these reflections from his Theology of the Body work, a very well-known work of Pope St. John Paul II that he introduced to the worldwide church between the years 1979 and 1984, shortly after becoming pope in late 1978. It was a work that he had composed even before becoming pope and was going to publish in any case, but took the opportunity to share it with the whole Catholic church and world on becoming pope through his Wednesday audiences, these traditional Wednesday audiences where the pope has some teaching, some catechetical instruction to share. And he devoted his first major catechesis to this theology of the body. I remember the first time I saw this book, Theology of the Body, by John Paul II, in a Catholic bookstore. And it was the first edition that had the male and female symbols intertwined on the front cover. 
And I was just intrigued by this concept right away, Theology of the Body, and that it was such a big book, and I picked up the book and kind of flipped through it. I did not purchase it that that evening in the Catholic bookstore, but I knew that someday I would I would read that work. I didn't know that someday I'd be teaching from it uh, like I am now, but it is a great gift to be able to do so. I was very drawn to this concept because... When I started out my undergraduate studies at Albion College in Michigan, uh, I declared a pre-medicine major. I was studying biology and chemistry, all these natural sciences within the liberal arts. And I loved medicine. I loved the uh, topics of anatomy and physiology and the great masterpiece of the human body as male and female. Ever since I was a little kid, I would get what I call these doctor books. I remember having a copy of Gray's Anatomy when I was under 12 years old. And I just was fascinated by the human body, all the different parts, all the different systems, how everything worked together. And that Pope John Paul II would introduce this concept of a theology of the body was incredibly fascinating to me. Indeed, this work of his is a great gift to the church, a theological masterpiece, and it's a privilege for me to get to share just a little bit in this podcast episode about it, even though uh, I would spend a whole semester teaching the whole primary text and additional secondary texts about it. It's one of my favorite topics to really discuss and get into. So let's dive in then further this mystery of marriage, this theology of the body. I'm going to take a section from the theology of the body. It is audience number 14, starting in paragraph or section 2, and then jumping to section 4 under this audience 14. The total number of audiences for the theology of the body is quite extensive. The critical edition goes up to 133 audiences. So it's a wonderful work, but it tends to need a bit of coaching uh, by a theological expert and someone who knows something about metaphysics and phenomenology. So I hope to do more podcast episodes on the theology of the body, but now just, just a short passage here. So if we read in this section... St. John Paul II is reflecting on this enigmatic narrative in which Ha'adam, man, really representing all humanity, but in particular within the literal sense of the narrative, the male, Ha'adam, Adam, finds himself alone among all these other creatures, birds, animals, plants, everything around him. He cannot find a suitable partner, a suitable co-laborer, a suitable personal friend among all these other creatures. And then we read in the narrative that God casts a deep sleep on Adam and then fashions woman from his side, which connotes equality, equal dignity, equal personhood. From his rib, it's very 
figurative symbolic language, as we read uh, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in at least two places, says this. It's not meant all to be taken exactly, literally, every detail of the narrative. Nevertheless, it is rooted in literal, real history, going back millennia to the first man and the first woman, the first human pair, male and female. And we read that Adam discovers woman, faces woman, face to face, and says, at last, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, this one shall be called woman, because from her man she has been taken. They're meant to form a unity, and when we reflect on sexual complementarity, masculinity and femininity. These two are different, are diverse, but therefore bear the potency to form a genuine unity, sexual unity and personal unity. So in this section of Theology of the Body, audience 14, paragraph 2, St. John Paul II writes that this narrative reveals what he calls the hermeneutics of the gift, which is to say that hermeneutics, a word that we mean interpretation, interpreting our existence through the lens of the meaning of the gift, interpreting our being in terms of gift as given. Phenomenology would use the language of givenness, the givenness of all phenomena, the givenness that happens in all lived experience. And this is the truth about the very shape of our lived experience. Something always is giving itself in my direction, and I must interpret it. I must receive it, make sense of it. When there is a gift, we say the best response is thanksgiving. A reciprocal giving, a giving in turn, a giving back in the form of thanksgiving. So what John Paul II means by this hermeneutics of the gift is for us to interpret our being, the natural order of which we are enmeshed, as not only nature, but creation, the gift of God, God's intended masterpiece, God's intended design. God breathes life into nothing, that it would become something we call creation. To interpret our existence as gift from God. John Paul II goes on to say, in fact, the gift reveals, so to speak, a particular characteristic of personal existence or even of the very essence of the person. Why does he say this? Because only persons can think gift, can recognize a gift. I had the opportunity to be uh, owner of a couple horses for like five years Tenny and Oscar, our family, had these two horses. They were a great gift to our family. We, we miss them a lot. But these horses never could, I could not talk to them about gift, and they, they know what I mean. <laughs> we could go for a nice horseback ride together or, or do some horsemanship in the, the arena or something, but 
the horses don't understand gift and dogs don't understand gift and no other animal species not even monkeys or gorillas uh, understand the meaning of gift and can express a gift as persons we look for another being that can share in the mystery of gift someone who can share in the mystery of gift with me so the very essence of the person is necessary a necessary condition of possibility for saying anything about gift our experience of the gift reveals the mystery of the person this mystery of personhood that is itself a gift that is given in advance in order for there to be creatures to recognize what is going on as gift the pope goes on to say when god says it is not good that the man should be alone he affirms that alone the man does not completely realize this essence even of his own personhood he realizes it only by existing with someone and put even more deeply and completely by existing for someone this is beautiful language here as persons we understand our existence as gift when we exist with someone and even more when we exist for someone responsible existence i'm responsible for the gift of the other and my responsibility is a gift to the other joseph ratzinger in his book called truth and tolerance has a beautiful section in there reflecting on human freedom and he defines the basic anthropological shape what is the human form to be in the image of god being for being from being with god the father as being for the son god the son as being from the father god the holy spirit as being with father and son John Paul II goes on to say this norm of existing as a person is demonstrated in Genesis as a characteristic of creation precisely by the meaning of these two words alone and help in the Genesis narrative Adam was alone but he found suitable his suitable helper the help and in no way does it imply some inferiority of the woman it implies completion of personhood they help each other they're mutual helpers to one another even if the language does reveal something particular about woman and something particular about man and how they go together within marriage what is peculiar about masculinity what we could call the masculine genius what is peculiar about femininity what we could call the feminine genius how do these two go together but these two words in any case alone and help within the narrative point out how fundamental and constitutive the relationship and the communion of persons is for man male and female inclusive communion of persons means living in a reciprocal for in a relationship of reciprocal gift and this relationship is precisely the fulfillment of man's original solitude that experience of being alone all of us have this experience 
even in the present, our own lives. We experience what it is to be alone. And hopefully then we experience what it is for that solitude in the form of a lack to be overcome through a communion of persons. When we live out friendship with another person. And especially in marriage, when we live our lives certainly not alone, but together seeking the will of God the Father together in all things, being on mission in this life together. This is what I love so much about being married to my wife, Megan, called to marriage over 22 years ago. And knowing what it meant, even way back then in my early 20s, that this sacrament was about doing God's will together, being united together in all things, not just going about life on my own, according to my own prerogative and uh, perspective and a sense of egocentrism, but instead my ego being called forth through this sacramental relationship to forget itself, to stretch, to stretch out, to take leave of itself, to become a gift of itself, to the gift of my wife who faces me. Every day, this is a call renewed. And it is so beautiful, so wonderful, an incredible vocation. And St. John Paul II is putting some theology and philosophy, this language, to the mystery of the marriage relationship. So much is revealed about it in these brief narratives of the first chapters of Genesis. Then in paragraph 4 of his 14th general audience, John Paul II has more to say. He says that there is a strong link between the mystery of creation as a gift that springs from love, divine love, and that beatifying beginning of man's existence as male and female, in the whole truth of their bodies and of their sexes, which is the simple and pure truth of communion between the persons. When the first man exclaims at the sight of the woman, she is flesh of my flesh and bone from my bones, he simply affirms the human identity of both. By exclaiming this, he seems to say, look, a body that expresses the person. This is what is unique about the human body among all animal species. The human body expresses the person, the immortal soul of the person. The body reveals the hiddenness of the invisible spiritual soul. The soul that bears the characteristics of intellect, will, freedom, intentionality, the capacity to love and be loved as a person, the capacity to recognize this whole drama of creation as gift. Reading with the Second Vatican Council document, Gaudium et Spes, the human being is the only creature created for his own sake, the only creature able to know and love his creator. John Paul goes further in saying that this body reveals the living soul which man became when God, the Lord, breathed life into him. 
his solitude before all other living beings began in virtue of this act when God breathed life into man and the human is fashioned in the imago dei the image of God exactly through the depth of that original solitude man now emerges in the dimension of reciprocal gift the expression of which by that very fact the expression of his existence as a person is the human body in all the original truth of its masculinity and femininity the body which expresses femininity for masculinity and masculinity for femininity manifests the reciprocity and the communion of persons this is to say when we contemplate the meaning of our respective masculinity and femininity this bimorphic human nature that is two forms male and female we experience our being as incomplete unto itself i experience my own being as a man as incomplete humanity my body is in reference to another body namely that of woman in my marriage to megan our bodies express this hermeneutics of the gift in relation to one another reveal the personhood of one to the other and at once the call to communion and we say not just a unity of bodies but a unity of souls therefore a unity of persons a unity of lives this is marriage this communion of persons this reciprocal being for the other expresses through gift as the fundamental characteristic of personal existence this is the body he says a witness to creation as a fundamental gift and therefore a witness to love that is divine love as the source from which the same giving springs masculinity femininity namely sex from the latin sexus which means to to cut to draw distinction between one and the other male and female female and male is the original sign of a creative donation and at the same time the sign of a gift that man male and female becomes aware of as a gift lived so to speak in an original way this is the meaning with which sex the meaning of sex enters into the theology of the body so these are just two small sections of pope saint john paul ii's theology of the body work it is a tremendous work that anyone who can study it should study it it is so amazing and it's again a great privilege for me just to get to break it open a little bit in this episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast thinking about the mystery of marriage this covenant relationship between one man and one woman a covenant established through their consent of their sacred vows an oath that they swear to one another before witnesses that begins an indissoluble that is unbreakable bond a sacramentality of persons come together till death do they part 
Marriage is an incredible vocation, and I just celebrate marriage as a vocation, my own personal marriage to Megan in this this podcast. And it's only a little beginning of a lot more reflection to come on this topic. So thank you for listening along with me as we dive into St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body text, reflecting on the Genesis narrative especially in chapter two. May you continue to contemplate your own vocation, what God is calling you to in your own life, whether you're already married or discerning marriage or religious life or consecrated life or diocesan priesthood and so on. God's call is irrevocable and our greatest happiness is found in being faithful to his call to the end. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.